before we get started, I was actually thinking rather than having like a, a funny little, you know, funny little thing to put in the beginning, I just, I feel like I haven't really seen you guys lately. I wanted to see like, how was, how was your weekend? Uh, pretty good. You know, I learned how to make Indian food. Oh, that's cool. Is it spicy? Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, you can choose how spicy you want to, you want to do it, but how, spi- how spicy did you make it? They made it, they made it super weak sauce and they made it really, <laughs> I just said weak sauce. <laughs> That's it's on the podcast. Okay? Yeah, take it off. I hate that. <laughs> uh, it's too late. Everybody's going to know. Everybody's going to know your secret. I ordered the complete collection of Free Willy DVDs on Sunday. No, you didn't. I did. No. Yeah, that's, that's a fact. I could show you my Amazon receipt. So oh, no. Why, <laughs> John? Good. Why, Roger? Because I, I wanted to get deep in that, that Free Willy lore, you know? I get it. Yeah, I know. So, I mean, so this weekend was pretty boring, but next weekend's going to be going to be wild. Just a Free Willy, a Free Willy nonstop weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. We, we um, have your... Uh, your bachelor party. Yeah, my is bachelor party this weekend. <laughs> I'm not going to make it. I can't go. <laughs> well, no, just bring it so we can all enjoy it. Yeah, we're all going to watch Free Willy. <laughs> yeah. Um, can I tell you guys that on on Friday my car broke down, and so I had to walk home. That's it. Yeah, oh. but it was kind of crazy because I was walking by this ravine and I saw someone's body in it. A body? A body? Yeah. Well, ravine. I thought I thought it was a body, and so I was like, "Hey, do you need help?" And I ran down there. Uh, and it was actually just a big pile of garbage, but I was already like, you know, waist deep in the water. <laughs> and, uh, and was the garbage, was the garbage like a cantaloupe floating next to, <laughs> next to a sack of potatoes <laughs> yeah. with two broomsticks sticking out the well, bottom? Kind of actually. It was, it was a lot of bags. And then I found there was a mask. Huh. Yeah. So, I mean, I got wet and my car broke, but I did actually get to keep the mask, which I actually have it, I have it right here. I have hey, it right cool. here actually. Um, yeah. So that's kind of cool. Is um, it, uh, what's the mask? It's just like a green mask. It looks like it's made out like of like, a Halloween like, mask? like wood. I don't know. It looks like an old, like an old, I don't know. I can put it on yeah. if you want. Let me see if it makes you sound different. Yeah. You know, they, they say when a person puts on a mask, they trip. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Ew. What? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> is that? Is that Joey? Joey, Joey? is that you? <laughs> J-O-E-Y? Oh, you ask about that pudgy loser. <laughs> Get yourself a real hero now. Impressed? <laughs> is there somebody else on the call? Crazy how life hands you delicious lemons sometimes. <laughs> Who is this guy? I want my old friend back. He seems, he seems wild. I like it, though. What's this thing here? Um, I, I was actually wondering... Who are you? Let's start with you, the big, big guy over there. It's me, Roger. It's me, your best friend, Roger. Oh, okay, okay. Well, yeah, that's nice. It's my mother's name. <laughs> and you, Spectacles. <laughs> What's your deal? Uh, no one cares. cares. <laughs> You're being a, a real, real Cuban, Cuban Pete, Pete right, right now. Pete right now. Oh. Uh, um, sorry guys. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what came. Yeah, no, I don't know what came. <laughs> on. Was, uh, that was weird. I feel like I feel like a, a weird foggy memories of doing something very embarrassing. Anyway, welcome to Story Hole. There's always time for one last kiss. I'm Joey. <laughs> I'm Roger. I'm Kevin. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm not so sure anymore. I don't know what, what's going on <laughs> at this point. Yeah, no, no, I don't either. I put, um, on, I put on my own mask. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. It's, what's, what's it like? Uh, it's a slice of bologna, and I ate out two holes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just laying gingerly on my face. Are the holes where your eyes are, or they're yeah, just no, a breathing I hole? Could, I couldn't figure out where my eyes were. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, today I want to talk to you guys about The Mask. Hey, all right. You remember The Mask, yeah. the movie from 1994? Man, I love yeah. that movie. I love it. 1984? 1994. Oh, 94. Um, that makes yeah. more sense. I like absolutely loved it when it came out, but I don't know if I could say I love it still. Because it, is it good? I still like it. Yeah. I mean, I could see why someone doesn't like it, but I still like it. I had a giant mask poster in my room growing up. And I remember one time um, one of my sister's friends came over and saw it and said, you're not cool enough for that poster. <laughs> <laughs> and at the time, I was like, yeah, right. I'm definitely cool enough That's for this crazy. poster. That's crazy. But looking back on it. Man, to not be cool enough for a mask poster. That's funny, dude. <laughs> that's, that's pretty a, low. That's a great insult. Yeah. It doesn't matter what poster it is. Just saying that line <laughs> makes you think. Uh-huh. Kids can be cruel. Yeah. I think you're plenty cool. I'm actually, I think you blew it if you got rid of it. Yeah, I, sh- I should have kept it. Yeah. It, was all, it was all stained and ripped up, you know. <laughs> what? <laughs> I had to throw it away because there's too many stains on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anyway, do you, what do you guys remember about the movie? Um, I, I was kind of into it because it had that like mythology layer to it. You know, that he was like, I don't want to jump ahead in the story too much. But the fact that that's fine, that, you know, he's like a like he's like a Norse god. I thought that was kind of neat. Cool. Yeah. So in the movie, the mask was imbued with the power of Loki in the fifth century. Uh, if, if the any listeners are unfamiliar with Loki, he's the Nordic god of fire and mischief. And he's of uh, Scandinavian origin. The original texts describe Loki as a night god. And as a nocturnal creature, in the movie, the mask only works at night, so that makes sense. Is that um, true? I don't remember mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Only that's at cool. Night. Well, we, le- uh, we learn of that when you when you see Ben Stein's cameo. Uh, he plays a role as Dr. Arthur Newman. Uh, he's a therapist and a mask collector. While I'm not going to be going into the Jamie Kennedy sequel or the uh, cartoon series, in those, it's unintentionally ambiguous as to the role of Loki in the mask. Theories state that maybe he was banished into the mask or maybe he simply placed it on Earth to make chaos for humans or like an opportunity to make things chaotic for humans. Cool. Hey, can I jump back really yeah. quick? What did, what did you say Ben Stein's name was? Dr. Arthur Newman. Dr. Arthur Newman. Does this, does this exist in the same universe as Seinfeld? Is that Newman's first name? Uh-huh. What? Is he a doctor? He's also a doctor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is he really? No, he's a, I don't think that's his oh. first name. He's a, he's a postdoc. <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's right. Well, it's pretty much the same thing. A real ser- he's a real servant of the people. Yeah. No, that's fine. Um, but yeah, so um, in, the, uh, in the movie, the powers are associated with the mask. They have no real connection to the god Loki, we, as we can tell. But, I mean, obviously there's something going on. I will say this, though. Uh, the, the lore for both the movies and the cartoon series... Uh, they all kind of squish together and they all kind of have commonalities. And um, uh, in that lore, prior to Stanley Imkis owning the mask, it was owned by Attila the Hun. Whoa. Uh, AKA God's Plague, AKA the Scourge of God. But in the comic, it's different. Did you know that they estimate that like some crazy percentage, like, like 28% of the entire population of Asia can trace their their lineage back to Attila the Hun because he just he just knocked up that many girls in his lifetime. Jeez, yeah, it's yeah, like uh, older uh, older bastards like that. Yeah, is that true? Yeah, mm-hmm. wow. He was just he was a wild man. <laughs> um, the details about his life not appropriate for the radio. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he, if you think about it, he was kind of like the mask. O- uh, the, ODB, the, older bastard. Yeah, I yeah. feel like I feel like if if I was going to pick any two people and or characters from my life that that i feel like are exactly the same it's those two <laughs> <I would agree. laughs> but yeah so 
the whole thing with the Loki, uh, it's a little different in the comics. And that's kind of where I'm actually going to be getting into today is there are some very, very big differences between the comics and the movie. Um, now, we have an explicit tag on our um, podcast, but let me just double up on that and just say everything that we're talking about today is very, very much not appropriate for kids. So anyone listening, turn that radio off. Unless, so unless com- you don't have kids around, keep it on. Yeah. <laughs> no, just turn just it off. Don't, don't just turn it off now. Listen. Turn it off. <laughs> it's not appropriate for anyone. It's not appropriate. Um, um, really quick, I just <laughs> I just looked it up, and that was uh, Genghis Khan, not Attila. Yeah, Khan. I was so, say so you, you might want to cut that part out. <laughs> okay, no problem. Um, all right, so in the comic, however, it's not just the mask. It's not Loki. It's called the Not Ordinary Mask. Hmm. It was created by an unknown tribe in Africa. Ancient shamans used sacred and secret knowledge of magic to imbue a jade mask with red eyes with powers that would give the wearer a fictional magical reality. This would give the user physical invincibility and the ability to manifest tangible objects from nothing. The original mask comic was inspired by a hybrid of the Joker and another DC character called the Creeper, (laughs) a green man with wacky laugh and enhanced abilities that was created in 1968. Additionally, the mask has many crossovers, which include a comic where the Joker himself gets the mask. Really? Oh, God. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, that must be incredible. Uh, But also, there's a recent adaptation for children called Itty Bitty Mask. It stars a mild-mannered zookeeper named Herman Shazbert. And he buys his wife a strange mask. He and his whole family want to try it on. And also, the second issue has a giraffe wearing it. (laughs) But the main comic is not at all that wholesome. Let's get into the original stories just so we can kind of pop back and forth for comparison. Can I ask really quick, did the comic comic come before the movie? Yes. What? The comic was made in 1991. And then they continued making it um, to about 1996. They still make issues but they're not at all what the original canon stuff was. Uh, so we're really going to be talking about the first set of them, which includes when Stanley Ipkiss has the mask and then following what happens after he loses it. Cool. In the movie, do you guys remember Stanley Ipkiss, Jim Carrey's character? Yeah, he's kind of a square, right? It's kind of a square. A little timid. He's kind of a weakling, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the movie's more or less a classic story about the weakling getting empowered. Uh, if you remember, it's about a likable yes-man He's kind of a wiener, but he's also a hopeless romantic, and we're all pulling for him. He's got a cute dog and a bashful attitude, because that's what heroes are a lot of the time. But the difference between the movie Stanley Ipkiss and the comic Stanley Ipkiss is that he's pretty much just a deplorable human being. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And when he puts the mask on, he's just a psychotic monster. Oh, my God. He's known as the big head, and uh, or even the big-headed killer when he is wearing oh, it. Oh, shit. So they don't call him the mask. They just call him big head? Yeah, the big-headed guy. Oh, God. Big-headed killer? Yeah. He murders. I don't know why I want to do this. <laughs> yeah, you're getting it's it's too late some now. Yeah, Somebody yeah. stop me. <laughs> <laughs> How big is his head? <laughs> it, I feel like it's not even that big, but it's the features that you see. When he's like smiling, his teeth are gigantic and he has really menacing big eyes. But his head itself isn't that big. Hmm. So I think it's probably just that. It's more, the big head. It's more big in personality, you might say. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very much so. So... Let's just go ahead. I'm going to walk you guys through the first four issues. We're going to go pretty quickly. They're short. They're, short. they're not very long at all. Um, and this is going to give us uh, the, the tale of Stanley Ipkiss. So we see a middle-aged moody man with a flannel vest and a receding hairline in a shop buying a decorative mask. As he's walking out of the shop, some bikers drive by and splash his car. So he yells, hey, you fucking pile of shits. <laughs> Good plan. These bikers, known as the butchers, oh, man. they turn around. And then they kick the shit out of our old pal Stanley Ipkiss. Oh. Yeah. So as he drives home, 
he's daydreaming about standing up to them, as we all do from time to time, but in a slightly more comic fashion. So he's hitting them with wrenches, he's chasing them with flamethrowers, and then he shoots one in the head. Oh shit. His idle thoughts are interrupted by a voice that says, what are you waiting for? Let's, Let's go, go waste, waste those, those Nazis. Nazis. And he looks around, but there's no one around. So he opens the door, he heads into his apartment, and we meet his unusually babely girlfriend, Catherine. It seems like they're having a fight, but then he presents her with a gift. It's the mask, to which she's ecstatic. She goes from bitter to overjoyed in about 10 seconds. They flirt and they go to dinner and they presumably bone down that evening. <laughs> and then when Stanley wakes up, he's in the same wild pajamas that we see in the movie. He goes to the bathroom and on top of the toilet, the mask is just sitting there waiting for him. Perfect spot. <laughs> Naturally, yeah, exactly. There's a mirror there, you get to put it on. Yeah. And so he, he does. Uh, the mask, it wraps itself around his face in a fury. We see an obscenely large, demented smile emerge, and his wild pajamas turn into a suit with the same pattern. Hops out the window, he goes down into the alleyway, he starts walking around the city. We're introduced to our mask figure for the first time. The text is a tad exposition heavy as he literally starts debating out loud if he has powers or not, but that's cut short by a thug that shoves him and starts with the standard intimidation routine. Where does this guy live? In the city. It's like New York. Yeah. It's a dangerous part of town. Yeah. But this isn't Stanley Ipkiss anymore, though. It's the mask. And so the mask swings on the guy and punches him in the face. So you want to guess what happens? Uh, his head explodes. Yeah, that's my guess, too. Nah, he hurts his hand and he starts whining. <laughs> then he drifts into the street and gets hit by a car. What? <laughs> <laughs> we now see a really very bloody face as the driver blurts out that he's going to take off. It's no problem, though, because Stanley, as the mask, gets up, brushes himself off, and he's totally fine. With this, he realizes he can be a hero and starts monologuing about sharing his gift with the world. So does Stanley Ipkiss still know that he's Stanley Ipkiss, or is he just somebody totally different right now? He he is Stanley Ipkiss descending into madness. Okay. Yeah. The idea is the mask, it brings your innermost desires to life and then makes him fairly uncontrollable. What What do you think that that would do to you? Um, What's your innermost desire? Gosh, I'd probably just want to eat garbage, yeah. delicious food. <laughs> I'd want to pet every animal. Um, that's pretty much it, though. Yeah. How about you? Um, probably go to the beach. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> hit the waves. <laughs> what about you, Kevo? Kev? Uh, chess tournament. <laughs> oh, very, do you think it would make you smarter? Yeah. Like you'd be better at chess? I guess so. Only at chess, though, probably. Yeah, checkers are still garbage at. Yeah. <laughs> King me, they just say no. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> so anyway, uh, he, he realizes that he has all these powers. He, he realizes that he can't really get hurt. And so he says, I'm going to go off and become a hero and save the world. And then an actual speech bubble. But first, dot, dot, dot. He stops by our old pals, the butchers, the gang from before he stops by their hideout wearing a white tuxedo the large homophobic biker that greets him at the door calls him a fruit so the mask replies did you just call me a fruit well you're right and then kisses him right on the face before throwing him on the floor oh that's great yeah and then he just starts hitting on like an onset of onrushing gang members with a wrench he pokes a guy in the eyes with a classic two finger move uh, and then he proceeds to rip a dude's nose off with another wrench. Oh, shit. He dumps gasol- no. Yeah, he dumps gasoline on another guy, and he flicks his newly lit cigarette on him, burning him alive. And then he finds an Uzi, what? and he picks it up and says, I wonder what this is for, as a little joke. And we see in this shot, uh, we see him from the front, 
revealing that there's a grizzled man behind him with a double-barrel shotgun. He empties two rounds into his back, which reveals two giant holes where his uh, ribcage used to be. Um, but uh, it doesn't really bother him. So he just starts laughing, and then he turns around and he just unloads the Uzi into the grizzled man and everybody else that's in the room. The last thing we see is him walking away. The gang hideout is now engulfed in flames, and he says, "Thanks for the free beers, fellas." That's rough. Okay. So yes. Uh, so his powers—he doesn't have strength or anything. He just can't be hurt. He can't be hurt. Wow. But he can actually stretch his body a bunch. Huh. So he has, he has a little bit of control over um, being able, being able to manifest stuff from scratch. Kind of like a Green Lantern situation. Okay. He can make his body stretched into like unearthly proportions, and then he also can't really get hurt. He doesn't really feel pain or anything like that. Those are good powers. Uh, it's like yeah. the ultimate set. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The first issue ends with a scene back at home. Catherine awakens to see, she hears something going on. It's clearly Stan. He's back at home now, mess- messing around the bathroom, and she peeks through the little door and sees the mask itself. She's taken back. She thinks it's a monster. But a quick flick of the wrist, he takes the mask off, he opens the door and assures her that there's nothing else going on. So everything's fine. Sure enough, he hit it. She doesn't really know anything. She's none the wiser. And then we just see the TV in the background that accounts mm-hmm. for sightings of the masked figure for the first time. So the mask from the movie has its NC-17 moments. It jokes about condoms and cartoonish Tommy guns, but by all means, it's kind of a kid's yeah, movie. Yeah, for sure. It was like a preteen movie. Yeah. It emphasizes the cartoon elements with like Bugs Bunny style sound effects and over the top CG depictions of rubbery body movements and exaggerated expressions. In the comic, however, it's very clearly brutal. It's filled with obscenely graphic depictions of violence and cursing. One page depicts a man slowly cutting his face open for fun. Oh, God. What? Literally several panels zooming in on his cauliflower ears and a knife that he's digging into his own cheek as the man he's talking to gets notably squeamish. Why? For fun. Oh, God. Who's this guy? We'll learn about... This is Walter. We'll learn about him in a little while. Oh, God. I think yeah. I, I can tell what's going to happen to him. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, in, in that same comic, he's driving nails into his hand and he makes a happy face out of them. Oh. Yeah, this guy's crazy. So, so yeah, it's, it's pretty disgusting. And, like, even when Stanley removes the mask, it looks like he's tearing his face skin off in a bloody mozzarella cheese-like fashion. Oh, yeah. Also note that in the comic version, he can actually reveal himself to look like a normal person while still wearing the mask. Oh, really? He can, hi- he can like, hide it? Yeah. So he'll have his normal face, and then he'll rip that off, and then he'll have the mask, and then he can also rip that off and still have his normal face uh, on That's really it. good. Yeah. So, uh it's very cartoon. Mm-hmm. It's very cartoon, and he uses it as a disgusting sort of gotcha gag. So, by the second issue, a month has gone by. Stanley and Kathy are arguing. He's wearing fatigues and watching the news again. <laughs> He's obsessively just watching the TV and appears to be checking off a list of people's names. He's become infatuated with women and guns. And he's, by all accounts, moved on from being a dweeb-ass nerd to just a verbally abusive asshole. It's as if the power's either gone to his head or poisoned him. It's kind of like the ring from Lord of the Rings. And as Kathy confronts him, he curses her out and maybe even hits her, but we can't quite tell. So he just heads out of the apartment, he grabs the mask, uh, and he just stomps off. Do you think that that's the mask making him into a jerk? Or do you think it's just like, those are his inner desires. He's always been a jerk, and it's bringing that out. I yeah, feel like that's I think it. Yeah. It's probably that he was a weakling and now that he has this power he's abusing he's, it. It's gone to his head. Yeah, uh, exactly. I interpret I it kind of like like, you know, alcohol where it kind of gets rid of your inhibitions and it, your mm-hmm. true inner self. So is he like he always wanted mock. to be an asshole, but he's yeah, just he's doing like that. Huh. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, you see, like, there's hints of it in the beginning that he's really just kind of fed up and really kind of... That's true, because he was fantasizing about, like, burning people alive in the beginning. Right. Huh? Yeah. yeah. He, he seems to have furrowed brows and gritted teeth all along the way. Uh, but, I mean, if you remember, the very first thing he's trying to do is buy a gift for his girlfriend to make her happy. So, that's nice. I mean, there is yeah. some sort of, you know, they're arguing who wants to... And they go to dinner that night, and so there, there's some there's some ray of hope. But by this point, it, it's just gone, so... Also, I feel like fantasizing about burning people alive. I mean, do you guys do that? Like when you're driving home? No. You don't? No. <laughs> I don't fantasize about burning people alive, but I definitely fantasize about like situations where I think mm-hmm. I've told you guys about this before. Um, when we all used to live in the same house, I would imagine coming home and looking through the window <laughs> and seeing that there's a gunman there holding you all hostage. You're all like tied yeah. to chairs. And I think like, what, you know, I got to save him. What am I going to do? Roger, save us. Yeah. Roger, save us. <laughs> do, you remember, do you remember what my plan is? I absolutely yeah. do, but I want you to say it. <laughs> so my plan, if there's ever a hostage situation, is um, I'm just going to take off all my clothes. So I'm just completely naked. And for some reason, I have a gun in this in this scenario. And I'm going to put the gun into my mouth and walk into the house just totally, <laughs> totally nude with a gun in my mouth. And I feel like that scene would be so disconcerting <laughs> that the gunman might be kind of concerned for me. You know, he's, gonna, yeah. he's not going to be like, oh, this guy's a threat. He's going to be like, oh, no, like this poor yeah. man. And then I just turn to the side and shoot him right through my cheek. You'll never see it coming. Yeah. And then I save the day. I like shooting it through your cheek. <laughs> yeah, I pull <laughs> just it up my really tongue. quickly flick it at him. <laughs> There's no time for that. Yeah. You know what I would do? What? I would get a bunch of dog dookie and spread it all over my body oh, and gross. run after him. Because he's just going to run away. Yeah. Yeah, There's no they... way he's actually going to take the time to shoot me. He's going to be like, oh, oh gross. Yeah. Ugh. yeah, that's very good. Kevin, how are you yeah. going to save us? Um, I'd probably just like bring some cookies. <laughs> in just win them over? Hey, yeah, just you, can't, a you can't kill a... A gift giver. Yeah, right? that's a good point. Yeah, no, there's that's uh, there's like there's videos on the internet of uh, of these guys that are going to fist fight, and a guy walks out with a pizza and says, "Hey, eat some pizza." Yeah, with me. calms down the fight. Uh huh. And it totally stops the fight. They just like lose all their aggression and share yeah. pizza. It's the, the great equalizer. Yeah, man. I love delicious. that. Yeah, yeah I haven't great. seen any of those videos. That was my genuine original idea. Yeah, it's pretty solid. It's a good. It's a good one. Uh, <laughs> so are you guys ready to get back in? Yeah, let's jump back in it. Uh, I, Joey, I wanted to ask if you knew uh, why she was so stoked on the mask. Is she a mask? She's she, it, it doesn't really go into it, but no? I think no. it's just a nice decoration. She does take it and run it back into the other room and put it on a shelf with some other stuff that we can't really identify. So maybe she's just collecting it. It is made out of jade, so that's probably pretty nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So whereas the one in the movies would, um, yeah, it's uh, that this one's made out of jade. So. So we left off. He's nice and he's pissed off. He's running, walking out, and he decides to stop by a few places. So he stops by a crooked mechanic shop, a place that screwed him over once, and then he stops by his old elementary school, where he interrupts a lesson given by an old woman that appears to be hassling a little boy named Jimmy that can't spell a word. As he steps in, he calls out for the teacher, Mrs. Gazzo, and drops some trash on the floor. She asks him to pick up the garbage, so he grabs her, picks her up in the air to the delight of the kids, and then he just drops her on the floor where she breaks her hip. Oh, God. Yeah. Mrs. Gazzo is an old woman. She's pleading for Jimmy to help as he's the only one standing nearby. The classroom goes silent, and then the mask's maniac face descends into a horrific underlit smile. If he asks Jimmy if he can spell dead meat while he balls his fists. Holy shit. Oh, no. He then steps on the neck and mouth of Miss Gazzo while dismissing the class. And then as the kids run out... Oh. God. He reminds them to walk in a single file line. I hate, I hate him. He's terrible. Yeah, this guy sucks. He's a harsh guy. Yeah. Now we're going to see the next scene. So in the movie, um, 
there are two cops. It's it's、uh, Lieutenant Calloway and Doyle, the bumbling idiot,、um, and they're the ones who are trying to track everything down. They're trying to bust Stanley Ipkiss because they suspect that there's something that associates him with the、uh, with the mask itself. So this story actually ends up shifting, and Calloway becomes kind of a major figure in the、uh, whole arc of the comic books. But for right now, we're introduced from the first time.、Uh, we see his partner, whose name is Lionel,、uh, and They pull up on the mechanic shop that we know that、uh, the mask stopped by earlier,、uh, and we see one of the mechanics hung up by chains with literally over ten tools protruding from his skull and brain. Oh God! There's a,、oh, a chain that's going into his mouth, and it's safe to presume the other side's coming out of his butthole. <laughs> and his eyes appear to be empty. The other mechanic has a, a muffler-shaped head now because it was crammed into his neck and shoved into his head.、Mm. So his body slumped over, and they're both clearly dead. And that scene ends with another officer running up, saying they need to get to the school right away. Oh God! Yeah. So the next scene now, we see the mask is walking down a suburban street. He's whistling to himself, and he sees a bully picking on a weaker kid. So he just punches the other kid bully. And a child? Him, him a, yes, he punches a child, giving him a concussion, and he walks off laughing. That's the end of the scene. There's no reason for that scene. Man, he just does it. Man, yeah, this guy. This is like he's not、brutal. like a fun, silly story at all. It's just not at all. Which is crazy that some like movie executives are like, "This will make a great kids movie." Yeah,、right? absolutely. Yeah,、huh. that's why I thought it was interesting. That's why I wanted to share it with you guys because my whole thing was I, I loved the movie. I had no idea. Yeah, it's one of the few times that I feel like there was just a huge oversight of what the original content was. No one even really knows about the comics. So yeah. Um, yeah. So later that night, Kathy confronts him about how crazy he's gotten. He keeps demanding the mask over and over, but Kathy says she threw it away. After a bit of bickering, he reluctantly agrees that it's for the best. They eat dinner. He sits down and watches the news, and an image comes up of the muffler-headed man that sends Stanley into a fit of laughter. Kathy's absolutely disgusted by him from this. Kicks him out of the house for good. So after rifling through some garbage, trying to find the mask, Stanley just climbs back up the rain gutter. Back into Kathy's apartment again, and she hears some noise, and she thinks it's a robber, so she calls the cops. As he gets into the house, she clobbers him in the head with a lamp just to like knock him out. But the police are arriving, realizing it is Stanley after all. She opens the door, makes an excuse to the police, but in the back room, Stanley has already found the mask and put it back on. She didn't throw it away; she kept it and hid it. So now that he has it back on. He's planning to assault Kathy. Oh no! What?、So、he he calls from the back room in a in a non-human voice, and the officers hear it. So one of them says, "I'm going to go back in there and check out what this is." And as soon as the cop walks around the corner, Stanley clocks him with another lamp, knocking him out. The other cop sees it happen. He pulls out his gun and opens fire. To which, of course, it does very little of the mask. He takes a bunch of bullet wounds, but they don't seem to bother him in any way. As Kathy and the officer stand in awe and confusion. The mask takes his time looking around、uh, in his pockets to see if he can find another lamp to hit the other <laughs> officer with.、Um, he's casually looking around as the cop is frantically hitting him with stuff he's finding around the apartment,、uh, including a few more lamps.、Uh, until eventually, the mask gets fed up. He takes the police officer's gun and shoots him over and over and over, leaving a hole in his head and blood on the wall. Stanley up kiss just killed a cop. Jeez.、Um, yeah.、Uh, Kathy in a panic muffles, "You killed him." To which the mask replies, "Don't blame me." You're the one with all the lamps. <laughs> Decent joke. <laughs> so,、good. so the scene descends into madness.、Uh, the whole police force storm the apartment complex. The mask manifests a rocket launcher from nowhere and blows out the story of the building that they're on. The first cop that was knocked out kind of comes back too, 
and he tries to head out to face the mask in hopes that it'll impress Kathy enough that she'll sleep with him. But yeah, <laughs> that's but his then motivation. The, yeah, that's exactly that's what he's 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 thinking it out loud. You can see it. Uh, but then the oncoming police force in a frantic confusion see that he's in there, think it's a trick from the from the mask, and then they kill him. They kill the cops. So the cops are sh- yeah, the cops are shooting at each other now. Uh, in this moment of like frantic confusion. The mask runs by and slaps them all in the face and makes a, a Three Stooges noises. Um, and then he runs upstairs, and there's just a bunch of cops now all chasing him upstairs. They all open fire on him and pretty much shoot his body off the roof, and he's just a bloody, mangled mess. Um, he also got shot in the eye, so now he's missing an eye. But then he just gets back up, throws a grenade, tries to blow all those guys up, and then when he's on the floor after he gets shot off the roof, uh, he steals a cop car. He's driving away. Yeah, so he's driving away. There's st- is the damage like permanent in this case? Is he still all messed up, or does he heal up? He heals up. Okay. Yeah. So, but he's he's pretty he's pretty much a gory mess at this point. Hmm. Um, so the next scene, he's driving through a drugstore in the car that he stole, <laughs> and he's just running over, presumably to get beer, uh, while there's still a prisoner in the back seat. Does drive to the checkout stand and pay for his stuff. Um, <laughs> so as he takes off. Calloway and his partner catch up. They're driving 90 miles through the city. Uh, the cops try to pit the mask's car, uh, even despite having a prisoner in the backseat. Uh, and it's successful. The car crumples. It kills the guy in the backseat, to which the mask says, it was nice knowing you. But then the mask, you know, he's, of course, all healed up and in in an in a instant. He's on top of the cop's car now with a giant axe and a flamethrower and a Deadpool-esque break of the fourth wall, to which he says to the reader, I bet you're wondering where I get all this cool stuff, huh? So he's just torching and gunning everyone inside at this point. We just see blood and teeth and eyes and oh skin God. flying off people's heads. Um, he even goes up to one cop, puts his gun in the guy's pants, and just shoots him in the penis until he dies. Aww. Yeah, it's pretty rough. So at that point, Stan returns home, and he's now just kind of casually talking to a mask like an old friend, uh, which he's no longer wearing. They agree it's time to leave town, and as an unarmored Stanley packs his bags, he is shot by a now mask-wearing Kathy. Whoa. Stanley Ipkiss dies by issue four. No way. And that's it. What? Mm-hmm. And his girlfriend puts on the mask? Yep. Kathy is now going to be the mask. Whoa. Was that, do you oh. think, is that the mask's choice? Did it, like, decide to find a new a new wearer? No, I don't think so. She I just think wants it's to put just, it on. Does she... There's just a crazy thrall for... Yeah. Yeah. Huh. In, in the, yeah, in the very beginning, if you guys recall, there was the, the call from the mask saying, let's go kill those Nazis. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's it's that's supposed to be I think the the manifestation of the thrall of the mask trying to get you to wear it. Oh, so yeah. it, so it called to Kathy you think and and one and made her want to wear it. Yeah, but also we find out that Kathy kind of has a, a little bit more. She's a redeemable person. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got to be better than gonna, Stanley. That guy's the worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's pretty bad. Um, and in fact, actually, after Stanley dies, um, it goes through a series of owners. It starts off with Kathy, but immediately. She takes it to Calloway, uh, Lieutenant Calloway. She puts it in his hands because she realizes that it's a problem. Um, so now Calloway has a short stint where he's the mask now, and he's trying <laughs> to use the powers to stop crime. What? Uh. But he starts losing his marbles, too, and he almost kills his best friend. So at this breaking point, he decides it needs to be rid of. He goes into his basement, he digs a hole, he buries it for good. But criminals break into his house, and he's scrambling to defend himself. So he runs downstairs just to grab it, just to, you know... Uh, put it back on so he's okay. As he unearths it, he's shot in the back. Um, and <laughs> the Calloway is now, theme. <laughs> yeah, Calloway is now presumably dead. 
the criminals take the mask, and as a funny goof, one of them shoves it onto a weaker guy that's also a criminal, which transforms him into the mask now, and again, the cycle continues. The mask uses its power to rule the mob. He blows up a wedding to kill a rival mob boss, and the next whole series is just following this man now, using it for, for evil, you huh. know, to raise his power. Yeah. Anyway, Kathy finds out about Calloway's murder uh, and blames herself, so she infiltrates the crime scene to get the mask back for herself. She's the only one that realizes exactly what's happening because she put two and two together when Stanley killed the cops uh, and the mask went missing. The mask makes people into monsters and now she takes on herself to return everything back to how it was. Realizing the power of the mask, she puts it on when she gets into the mob scene and single-handedly goes after the mob, killing everyone but one man. So remember the guy I mentioned that cut himself off one? Joey, how did she get the mad mask? She just she just tries to infiltrate the the mob. She pretends to be um, kind of a, a a bad person. It's really quick. There's not a whole lot of back. She does like that. an undercover mission to go steal it back. Yeah, gotcha. it's a personal undercover mission to be, become yeah to steal the mask back and then overthrow the mob that killed allegedly killed Calloway. Okay. So she's killing everybody, but then she uh, meets this one man. And it's the guy who was cutting his face for fun. His name is Walter. He's pretty much the size of the Hulk, comparatively to everybody <laughs> else. But like the mask, he's seemingly indestructible. Hmm. This guy's the one who shoves nails into his hands for fun. And he's actually notably unsettling to look at always. If you look at any of the illustrations of him, he just looks pretty gross and harsh. Realizing that the mask is like him and can't really be killed, he takes a disturbing fascination with this mask. So while everyone's is running away from the mask-wearing Kathy... Walter chases after her. He wants to fight, but he also wants to see the power of the mask. And frankly, he wants to get hurt. So the imagery depicts him trying to rip off her mask unsuccessfully. But we see a long ass like spaghetti neck in several panels where he's (laughs) pulling the mask off her face. And it's just a really, really long, stretchy neck. Hmm. Uh, But you can't remove it. Um, In the comic, they're just fighting nonstop for an extended period of time. It seems like hours are going by and they're just going at it. Neither of them are really getting hurt. Until finally, Kathy just gets tired of fighting. She says she doesn't care anymore. She doesn't want it. She says, you know what? Um, I know what I'm becoming. I understand that more than anybody, the mask makes you makes the wearer descend into madness and violence. And at best, it makes you an antihero. Not even at its worst, it makes you a psychopathic murderer. So she just takes it off and she gives it to Walter. Why would she what? do that? What? She, just, she, she just took it to try to save people. From, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. the worst person to give it to. Yeah, but... For what it's worth, Walter doesn't really pay any notice to it. Oh, really? She's screaming at him to take it, presuming that's what he wanted all along, but he doesn't care. He was never interested in being the mask. He just wanted a rival. Oh, that's kind of neat. Yeah. So before we really see what his intentions are, a car careens into the building, smashes into Walter. And it's Calloway. He's not dead. Huh. He's just really messed up. He's wearing his uh, medical scrubs. But he busts himself out of a hospital to try to get back to the mask and stop it. So just like Calloway, we presume Walter's dead at this point, which he isn't. But he's accepted to be the arch rival of the mask at this point. Did Calloway die in that crash? No. Okay. Calloway's fine. Yeah. So the movie comes out around this time. You know, it's about 1994, 1995. And it's really successful. And it's aimed at a family demographic. While children gawk at the cartoon features it brings to life, teens and young adults can read between the lines and see there's a dark or a little bit of an adult element to it, even if the movie waters that down a little bit. But the next step for the comics is to aim for that audience. So next, a group of teenage stoners get their hands on it and just use it for whimsical adventures. They're rock stars and robots and junk and do the success of the film. The comics get doled down quite a bit in terms of violence. There's no more stray eyeballs or melted skin. There's barely any blood. But there's a lot of imagination. But 
we do see a burnt up, disfigured, and somehow less gross looking Walter now. Uh, he's hunting it down in the new series of comics. He does want the mask now, and eventually he gets it. So he takes the mask and he raises it and puts it on his face, and the sound effect is schlip, and it falls off. The mask doesn't work on Walter, so he throws it and walks away, and we don't get an explanation as to why the mask doesn't work on Walter, but everybody else it does. Weird. Is um, this a, has this been consistent with the rule that it has to be at night with the, the movies? The comic that's only in the movies. In the comic, movies. it doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. And, and although I couldn't find where it explicitly says that, we know for sure that in the second series, um, the mask goes after the wedding, which takes place in the daytime. Yeah. So that's why I was thinking that mm-hmm. it doesn't really hold up. Yeah, probably. Uh, let's talk about the very last major arc of the series. It, um, it hones in on a film enthusiast. He's a single father named Ray Tuttle. Ray works at a charity shop and he has scarred hands, which is the result of an accident that actually uh, resulted in his, his, his wife dying. Um, Ray also has an emotionally damaged daughter due to her mother's passing. So Emily, his daughter, she's quiet. She's seemingly lonely and sad. And this dad of the year just simply wants to make her happy. So he tries to talk to his seemingly mute daughter, cracking little jokes here and there about the lottery, offering to take her trick-or-treating. This little blonde girl is always bathed in shadows and she doesn't ever respond. When I say bathed in shadows, I mean there's multiple panels of her sitting, staring idly at nothing while rain pours and seasons change. The dad even goes so far as to ask if there's a program for special kids that she can be enrolled in. And it seems like there are money problems. Sometimes the dad's jokes are out loud and seem to be therapeutic for him, but his internal conversations are now spoken aloud about his desires for himself and his daughter's well-being. And it's frankly depressing. Uh, there's a group of mercenaries, Matrix-style, that are like wearing Squirrel Squad sunglasses, and they're hunting for the mask in this series. But the dad finds it by random chance, and he puts it on. Now, we know the mask allows the wearer to harness their innermost desires... And this Harry Potter's glasses-wearing widower has one desire, just to help his kid. So he starts attacking her bullies, um, and it's not as violent. It plays a small role because soon his daughter actually, she she finds out about the mask and wants to be the mask for Halloween. Hmm. So she paints her face and she goes to the school dance, and immediately everybody makes fun of her, which sends her running away. Does she crying. know that the mask is her dad? No, okay. she does not know that. And in fact, the dad is discouraging her from idolizing him because he's a bad guy. Um... So uh, she's running away, and it just so happens that as she's running away, she finds the mask and puts it on because the dad lost it. So now she's going to go on a hunt for all of her harassing classmates and even some neo-Nazis that were bothering her dad, and that's kind of it. That's kind of the end of everything that's the major canon for all the original sets of comics. So the little this, girl becomes the, like, the violent, yeah, insane. She be- right. Dang. It's a little kid now, and, and uh, of course she still looks... Normally, if you look at the artwork, it's very somber, but as soon as she puts the mask on, it goes back to being that wild style. So hmm. this part. So now we all love and know Stanley Ipkiss, and it'd be nice if he wasn't dead after all, right? Yeah. <laughs> what a good guy. I wish he was back. <laughs> well, we kind of we lo- we used to love him. It'd be nice if he if he just didn't die and if he wasn't a terrible human being. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> but um, even though the mask comic was kind of a short run, fairly insignificant. Uh, in terms of the Ipkiss material, there's another comic that came out in 1995 where Ipkiss comes back as a skeleton. Whoa. And Yeah. And Kathy feels bad. She's visiting his grave. And in, in thriller style, his undead hand breaches the dirt from his own grave. And a ragged, suit-wearing Ipkiss skeleton with the original mask drives around with a scythe taunting Kellaway. How does he get the mask back? What? So we don't really know, right? 
So, so Walter is in the process of being arrested, but seizes the opportunity to grab Stanley's mask by the throat. So Stanley cuts off Walter's head uh, while wearing pink partner underwear. Uh, he's hunting Calloway and Kathy now. He picks up Walter's head and he throws it through Calloway's chest and proceeds to Kathy's apartment where he busts through her wall. But it's just reveals a really peeved Kathy who doesn't have much to say, but she's just kind of annoyed because he's been dead in the last six years. He doesn't even know how like what happened with the mask. And he doesn't have it anymore, so that doesn't make any sense. And then upon realizing this, that it doesn't make any sense, Ipkiss just disappears into dust and goes back to being dead. What? What? It's really, it's really weird. <laughs> it's a terrible story. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, I kind of feel like it was supposed to be like a weird April Fool's prank, yeah. but with a Halloween theme. Uh-huh. I don't know. It's very odd. <laughs> uh, but it is really funny because as soon as she points it out to him, he just says, dang, and then crumbles into nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's kind of it, guys. Uh, I have like, like, I don't know. I, I feel like in closing, we can just kind of revisit a really quick comparison to the movie. So there's a scene where Stanley's in jail. He's guarded by a sleeping officer. He's got a loyal Jack Russell Terrier named Milo, and he's resting in the alley in a cardboard box. And Stanley tells him it's time to move on. But a loyal Milo jumps 15 feet in the air, accompanied by a slide whistle sound effect, to join Stanley in the outstretched arms. Stanley sends him to the bars to retrieve the jail cell keys, and Milo hears a Stanley ask for the keys. Uh, but accidentally gets a slice of cheese instead. In the comic, uh, by contrast, uh, here's a scene. The mask is surrounded by armed police officers. He has an axe in one hand. He says, you know something, guys? I've always felt that guns stress too much in our culture. How about you? And then they don't reply. And when they don't, he yells at them, I asked you little pussies a fucking question and murders all of them. Oh, shit. What? Yeah. I mean... Very, very different. Uh-huh. They really <laughs> took that in a, in a different direction for the movie. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So that's that's it. Just wanted to kind of... That's that's the end of it. The rest of it that happens after that is fairly watered down, wacky adventures that don't really matter. I think it's neat that the mask is... I mean, it is very Lord of the Rings. You mentioned Lord of the Rings earlier, Joey, mm-hmm. how it's a like an object that corrupts people but has incredible power and uh-huh. chooses people to seek out because it seems like it finds people and then tempts them in its thrall, right? Mm-hmm. That's like exactly like the ring from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's really neat. I mean, uh, I think that that the early '90s was kind of a good time for for that kind of style. I mean, I mean it's perfect like for like Jim Carrey. Like that was like mm-hmm. I feel like his best role, right? Yeah, all of them were his best role, really. Though, <laughs> um, actually, do you guys like the Truman Show? I feel like that movie's incredible. I've really seen it. I think it's, it's all right. Good. Yeah, I like yeah. it a lot. That's a harsh good. story. Yeah. So, I'm sorry if I ruined everybody's day, but I thought it was a story that needed to be told. Yeah, no, I'm it's glad a, I know. But Yeah, it's crazy. I like when they take these things that are, like, kitty in some manner, and they do a really harsh, real thing. But it just seemed, like, really harsh. Yeah, it's Unnecessarily. So, it's, yeah, unnecessarily. It's, it's just brutal. brutal. Yeah. 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 I mean, I was on board. I mean, the, like, ultra-violent stuff is always a little off-putting. But I was on mm-hmm. board until he murdered his his school teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was about in front in front of kids. In front of kids. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. before he was going after bad people. But I mean, even mm-hmm. then, just a mechanic that ripped him off—they don't deserve to die. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've, that was immediately followed by the mechanic. Uh huh. Yeah. Jesus, like, yeah. too point. much. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. Pretty, pretty rough. So. Um, but yeah, now you guys don't have to read it um, if you want to. Thanks, thanks for that, yeah. Joey. <laughs> yeah. Say, 
hypothetically, tomorrow morning you open up your front door and that mask is sitting on your porch. And you know, like, chances are it's probably just a goof. Would you risk it and put it on? Oh, God, no. Because I live in a world where I can get arrested and be stuck in jail forever. But do you really believe that the mask is the mask at this point? Or do you think it's just one of us goofing you? It's the same as ghosts and aliens where, no, I don't believe in it, but I'm absolutely not going to do a, yeah. uh, a, a seance. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm absolutely not going to go into that UFO that's beaming down at me. <laughs> you, wouldn't, you wouldn't do a seance, Joey? No. No? No. What if even if we wanted to contact uh, somebody that you loved? I mean, I guess the only person I really want to talk to is my old dog that died, but I, yeah. he's not going to be able to do that because his English is a little rough. Okay. Hey. <laughs> yeah, also, good. that mask uh, that mask could be the movie mask. You could just That's have true. a zany fun time. Yeah. I mean, if the swing music came with it, absolutely. Yeah. If I got to do the cool Cuban Pete dance scene, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else? Maybe not so much. Hey, Joey, do you remember last Halloween when you were the mask for Halloween and you ordered that terrible, <laughs> that terrible mask? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean. I guess if we're going to be real about it, I guess I have put on Yeah, you have put it on at that point. Yeah. And it did make you wild. wild. That's true. (laughs) Also, my dog, my old dog that I just talked about that passed away, I'm pretty sure that he was named after Milo from The Mask. Yeah, his name was Milo, huh? He was a Jack Russell, and he was was a rescue, but he was roughly five years old in the year 2000. Hmm. Yeah, that's perfect. um, Yes, I figured that's probably why they named it. So I I guess really when it comes down to it, I am The Mask. I always Mm -hmm. thought so. Smoking. Smoking. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, remember in the beginning of this episode when I tried to do a mask impression kind of and I got scared <laughs> uh-huh. and I did really bad? <laughs> <laughs> I think you nailed it, man. I was really convinced. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Hey, man, can't make the scene if you don't got the green. That's what I always yeah, say. That's true. What's that mean? Uh, it means that uh, I got to go rob a bank so I can make some money and press girls at the bar and the club. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is that a quote from the movie? Yeah. <laughs> I, I threw a few of them in here that I like that no one's going to even care about. <laughs> but uh, can I just – let's just backtrack once and I do, I do want to give you – my best uh, Dorian impression. Okay. If that's who's, okay. Who's Dorian? Dorian's the main bad guy in the movie. Okay. This is, the, this is the end scene. Cameron Diaz is tied up and she's asking for a kiss as a as a clever diversion tactic so that uh, he'll take off the mask and she can kick it and Stanley Epkiss can retrieve it. All right, ready? I'm ready. Mm-hmm. So she says, she says, I want a kiss from the real Dorian. And then he says, there's always time for one last kiss. <laughs> I hate that. It's so gross. Is that really what it sounds like in the movie? I feel like I've nailed that. Perfect. I'm not kidding. I did a very good job. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, well, that's a spicy meat them all, huh? That's also that's another one. Just tossing them just left and right right now, yeah. willy nilly, uh-huh. as many as I can fit in. Um, Smoke, all right, smoking. well, that's pretty much it. Yeah, smoky, smoky. Uh, all right, well, um, good story, Joey. It's good. No, I like it. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Sorry, everyone. Uh, bye. Bye. Wait, uh, if you want to hit us up on our social media, yeah, we've got uh, Instagram at Storyhole Podcast. Yep. And then a YouTube channel where Joey does a bunch of really cool visuals to go with uh, with some of the stories that we're telling. And if you want to tweet and, at uh, us, it's uh, at Storyhole One. And also, if you get a chance uh, and you like what we're doing, go like and uh, and subscribe our junk. Go give us some stars. I would really like to just yeah, get it'd be really cool to hear from you guys. Yeah, twenty likes. Yeah, twenty. So- I want to get twenty likes and fifteen stars. Yeah, can we get fifteen stars? All right, thanks everyone. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. Bye. bye.